zero hours. Catherine Mather. Ow! Zero hours! Hello and welcome to Zero Hours Podcast with me, Catherine Mather, where I speak to comedians and creatives about the best and worst jobs they've had to do to get by. Today, I'm joined by comedian and business analyst, Louise Atkinson. How are you doing? Absolutely smashed it, mate. Yeah, I did. I did a practice run. (laughs) Uh, I'm good, cheers. I'm just sat in my my gym gear. I've got a boxing session after this. Oh, amazing. I found it's like my way of meditating. Yeah, punching stuff. Yeah, basically, especially because it's a proper boxing gym as well. Because I tried all the really pretentious ones, mm-hmm. you know, where in the London, like, hey, come get this flash sports drink and everything's going to be okay. We'll do it to really high tense music. I was like, that's a no from me. Thank yeah. you, Andre. Um, this one's like a proper boxing gym where it's run by like three Irish guys with no teeth. Like, it's, it's good. I think it's amazing. Um, it looks like, you know, when if there was going to be a film of, my life like that's where it would start and I look really forlorn mm. and I need to like have build up and then have a montage I think it would start there yeah. and then maybe in the midpoint of the film you'd sort of go back in there in in the night and be sort of sat <laughs> on the uh, on the bo- boxing ring with like a, a whiskey yeah just one lone spot from the moon coming in just landing mm. directly on me as I'm in the ring being like weirdly, what has my life become <laughs> weirdly positioned but actually it's quite yeah artistic. <laughs> I love it I'm I'm down for that yeah let's do it shall we just fuck this podcast up and make the story of your life instead I think so who have you always thought would play you in a movie of your life oh god probably someone like Maxine Peake oh that's that would be amazing though yeah oh so I used to work at a school with kids with uh learning usually at school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they were there and at once that I looked like Anne Hathaway and I'm fucking taking that oh yeah you take that mm-hmm. crack right on with that so uh, that's quite a shift that Maxine Peake around Hathaway <laughs> <laughs> and nothing in between <laughs> I'd love to see both of them rocking up for that casting like what are we <laughs> here for <laughs> Who are we casting? <laughs> Who do you think would play you? Um, I don't know, probably somebody like uh if it was later in life, Miriam Margulies, yeah, I think would be a good shout. Uh earlier in life, if he was still alive, I reckon Alan Rickman could do a good job, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I can see it. <laughs> I think he's got the sinister element down and the cynicalness. So I think he'd be quite a good casting. Him or the rock. Um <laughs> Again, another casting I'd love to rock up to, which is The Rock, Alan Rickman and Miriam Margulies. <laughs> what are you here for? The Amazing. Role. <laughs> Maybe they all, they all play me in different parts of my life. Yes, that'd be good to you, but like you at school, yeah. you in the main bit of the film, and then yeah. you, when you're sat in like an, old, an armchair with like... Reflecting, yeah. Yeah children sat around you unclear whether they're yours or not but it is in five yeah just as long as they're all wearing like a jumper I think that looks knitted by my mother I think it could cover all bases really yeah have you never ever knit a jumper uh so my mum's really into like knitting and she's actually very good at cross-stitching and she desperately tried to get me into it but there was two things one I was a tomboy so I just wanted to go play in the mud and kick a ball over a fence that I couldn't get back and two because my mum was into it I automatically did not like it yeah, <laughs> as we all know we all know the rules yeah, yeah um so 
I, I tried to knit and I just you it's, you need a lot of patience and I'm not a patient person I'm better at hitting things quickly than <laughs> and, then like, leaving. <laughs> and then leaving I'm done rather than you know like a project I'm not I'm not very good with like crafty things yeah I, I never have been but I, I do like a crossed stitched obscenity I'm a sucker for that my mum made me one it's her career actually where is it I'll show you because I don't like receiving cross stitch either um but she made me this and it says uh I don't need inspirational quotes because I'm fucking awesome and it's just like a little so that's good that's cute I like that (laughs) uh so she can do not just twee yeah she's useful she is useful (laughs) that's how I describe her to anyone how is she not useful yeah she's she's helped me out a lot (laughs) many a button she's fixed on that woman thank goodness for her (laughs) gave me life as well (laughs) now that's a secondary thing let's not brag about that I didn't ask for that (laughs) yeah it wasn't my choice (laughs) um so we'll get Mm. to the what the people are paying for uh, and when I say the people, it's it's me because I never mentioned <laughs> never mentioned the Patreon that I've set up. But the great business strategy. It is, yeah. I have got a Patreon. Can't remember what it's called. Just I don't know, like Google it. Cracking. Yeah. <laughs> or just send me a fiver directly. I'll give you my email address. <laughs> PayPal it over, guys. Anyway, in a card like my nan. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. yeah. I'll, I'll give you my full home address. <laughs> Just to sell a tip, some pound coins <laughs> onto the inside of an envelope. Um, what what what's your worst job ever been? Now, I thought about this, and the thing is, mate, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> That's how this every conversation on this podcast begins. It really is. There's so, because I thought of someone, I was like, oh, there was a good couple of bits in that, but I was like, oh no, but you were horrendously depressed throughout, like you know. And That's then, usually a good tell in it. Yeah, because there's the job I do now, which I've done, which is a proper career, really, outside mm-hmm. of comedy, which is IT. And that's so dull and so boring and very much the Chandler Bing of occupations. Oh, no. <laughs> so I was trying to like think of early ones. And I used to, there's one where I worked for two days on a yacht. Oh. Which sounds fancier than it was. Okay. Or there's when I used to work for a wine company, which also sounds like it should have been banging. Yeah. But it was essentially a retail job. Oh, no. There it is. Yeah. That, yeah. The explanation has been covered. Um, so I, I couldn't decide between the two of them. So it's let's which one do, you like the sound? Let's do both. Do, oh, hello. Patrons are getting a lot for their uh, one pound coin in a card. This, this <laughs> episode. That they haven't <laughs> even sent. <laughs> You know, my nan now, because she, to um, the post office, lost, literally about five years ago, lost one parcel that she sent to me. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of putting money in a card now, she literally puts in an IOU. And I have to remind her when I go home at Christmas Aww. to give me the money, like, on, like, on demand. <laughs> like, I don't need, obviously, I'm not doing it, but like, give me the money. But like, I have to be like, here are these IOUs you sent. <laughs> Does she know about bank transfer? No. She doesn't even know how to use a cash machine. My mum, it's not legal this, but my mum has to go once a week, get her the cash out she needs for the week. Yeah. Well, the she, first time I ever uh, showed my grandma how to use a cash machine, 
it ate her car. <laughs> <laughs> it's really upsetting, isn't it? Because you, you're trying to show how useful technology is and to better themselves. And it just to smack you in the tits like that is just really, really offensive. Uh-huh. Was the bank open? No, we had to wait <laughs> three days. <laughs> there it is. There it is. To get it back. So. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's so <laughs> pain. I can feel that pain. I know. <laughs> oh, it's the worst, isn't it? Um, it's so grim. Yeah, um, no, but it's it's better than having to shake down your grandmother at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Oh, I'm such a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> she offered it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's her fault. Yeah. She gives me that and then she makes me a giant Yorkshire pudding, which we use as the plate for our Christmas dinner. So I, I really, really do have a good time, to be honest. You don't have to eat that really quickly, though, because surely if you put in gravy into it, which you are, um, <laughs> then it just gets soggy. Well, so because the bottom's already a bit soggy, but she literally cooks all of them in a full casserole dish. Like they are. So the bottom bit, yeah, but it's still crispy as the front side, so you can still break it off and dip it in. Okay. Oh, so you have it's actually not... got a plate underneath it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that would be in the Or a casserole dish. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's not like a chippy tea where I'm just holding it and then picking it out. Like... Quickly! <laughs> Quickly! <laughs> uh, no, it's still like you could... She's, she's, thought, she's perfected it over many years. <laughs> yeah, she's not mental. Yeah, she's not daft. <laughs> <laughs> she does that. She gets my mum to get her money out for her. She's, she's sorted this woman. Mm, yeah. Right? um which job do you want first we'll go with the wine one first the wine one um so it was my first grad job out of university and it they tried to start it off like you were a trainee manager Mm -hmm. and the idea was that you would then go to numerous stores build up your you know skills and you would get to be like the main manager of the store like that was this incredible thing to achieve yeah. <laughs> um and the good the, there was some good things about it like for example all you all the employees had to get qualified uh with a WSET certificate which is kind of like and they had to do it up to level three which is essentially like an A level in wine if you like okay see they you offer that at school that's what I'm thinking because uh you learn so much about it and also what you had to do is you had to do these, but you had to go to training seminars, right? Where you had to learn how to taste, do all the poncy shit, but you also had, because uh, it was wine and spirits. So there was one day where we just did brandy and whiskey. Oh my God, and, spirits. And that, yeah, spirits and spirit day. And let me tell you, after you've done that day, you're like, I don't think I want to drink again. So I do think they should teach it in schools. But that was my, that was a good thing because you had to go, we went to this lecture that was about whiskey that was taught by a French bloke, obviously, standard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they make whiskey. Yeah, and it was one of my favourite things that's ever happened because he came in, he had uh, a blazer on, but then, like, a really low-cut vest top and a silk scarf. Like, he went full French, right? Mm. And at what he just literally, before he said anything, he just, to the room, went, OK, uh, out of you here, uh, put water or ice in your whiskey uh you know because he was you know South African so he just said that <laughs> and then um, some people put their hand up and he picked up this huge textbook threw it across the lecture theatre he was like this is why people think the English are disgusting why do you keep ruining good whiskey with your nasty water and then he just <laughs> went on 
to talk about how we were horrendous people for about 10 minutes wow. and then and then went into whiskey that <laughs> is that's a bold entrance I mean it, it made a statement and I've never forgot what he taught me about whiskey mostly the <laughs> English water in it <laughs> a, I remember working as a, a waitress and someone asking a, a, a patron asking for um, ice cubes for her wine and the oh French manager just laying into me because I was like well we need, but she's I've not asked for it <laughs> yeah, it's not me personally man yeah. I haven't caused this vendetta against you yeah go and shout at her she's on <laughs> <laughs> she's the one looking displeased at being over temperature go and talk to her immediately yeah um yeah but it was good but you had to you had to get that qualification which was good yeah but you also because it was a real mishmash of stuff really because it was a retail job so you had to deal with the public which was horrendous you were also because they were warehouses so you were also in charge of like proper lifting and shifting huge boxes and crates of wine and beer which to tell you the truth is the fittest I've ever been in my life like I was an absolute unit during that job um but then the third thing they also did was they also ran like wine teaching seminars Hmm. which you would have to teach so you're teaching the general public who are there because they already think they know a shit ton about wine. Oh, they sound like awful people. Yes, it was, it was horrendous. The idea, lovely. Mm, chef's kiss to the idea. What a great little idea for someone to have in a uh, head office who'd never have to do it. However, yeah, <laughs> doing it was another fucking... Because you either had someone who'd go and do the classic because you teach them how to taste and what to do and stuff like that. It was a real simple thing. It was actually, you know, if it was allowed to be what it was allowed to be, it would be quite fun. Yeah. But you'd get dickhead on this end of the spectrum who was the one that goes oh I don't know it just tastes like wine okay but we've been here for three hours now haven't we David so let's just say at least one other thing shall we lie to me (laughs) just lie to me me. none of us want to be here anymore (laughs) let me go just say it's rich (laughs) (laughs) just an apple a summit David like literally like just go full Go full Roy Walker from Catchphrase. Just say what you see, lad. Come on now. Right. Just... Yeah, yeah. It yes. Taste like red. <laughs> Correct. Great. <laughs> what else is red? Tomatoes. No. Yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. A real, a real veggie taste. Sure. <laughs> yeah. What I want from all of my wines. Cool. Um. So you had that at the end of the spectrum, but then at the other end of the spectrum, you had dickhead who thought they knew everything about wine, and knew nothing, and they were. I actually preferred them more because showing them up was one of my favorite things to do because especially having this accent yeah that they expected you to know sod all it's like why is this is this like some sort of you know get them to work scheme like why is this <laughs> woman here I mean, like because she knows her shit and she's going to teach you some lads that strap in um so you had to you had to teach the general public which was just i, I hated it I hated speaking to people i hated talking to people and i also i used to have to deliver for them as well and being a delivery person is horrendous at the best of times but delivering wine is even worse because the people who buy wine don't live at normal addresses like 32 main street they live at like bumblefuck nowhere cottage on puddle duck lane and we don't have a postcode just here's this latitude and longitude and you have to work it out and then if you call them to be like i can't find your property they go really asking, well, I have no problem finding it. It's like, well, you live there, so you wouldn't, <laughs> would you? 
you're like, in it's it. quite obvious. Yeah, you're in it. <laughs> like, what's your problem? And there would always be wildlife around. And this is generally true. I once got stuck in someone's prop- property because their horse was blocking the driveway oh my God. and wouldn't move. Yeah. And I'm not great with animals. So I had to like call my manager <laughs> who was like, does equestrian type things. I was like, Lauren, I don't need to be funny, but there's a horse on the driveway. <laughs> And I can't get back to the shop to pick up the next delivery because I can't move this horse. And, you know, Farmer Giles or whoever it was buying this wine is already away on his many acres of land doing whatever. So I can't get him to help. Yeah. And he's already pissed off. I had to call him to ask where the address is. So it was, <laughs> I think it was about 20 minutes until this horse moved. Oh my God. <laughs> and it was horrific. And I hated it. I love that phone call. Hello. Uh, yeah. How do you make a horse move? What? <laughs> it's honestly verbatim. Like, <laughs> what, what's going on here? But the one, there was some good times. Like, I remember this is one of my favorite facts, mm-hmm. by the way. One of the addresses I did have to deliver to, and you can look this up, I believe it's definitely in the Midlands. And I think it's a town or village called Lutterworth. Okay. There is a little strip of houses in there, little cheeky little detached numbers where when they were built the builders were in charge of giving them the names yeah. and they've named the houses after girls allowed songs oh my god amazing. so i once had to do a delivery to something kind of ooh main street lutterworth <laughs> <laughs> yes and that made it completely worthwhile the whole two years of doing that job <laughs> i love it so, it sounds like quite a varied job yeah but- how do you test wine? What, what um, are you doing? So, it's a great question. Mm. Um, do you know, I have done, like, wine tasting sessions with my mates, yeah. where you just, like, which I do advise you to do, if you know anyone with a WSET qualification, or even just a little bit, because it helps them. Because I, I had to do a proper exam where you blind taste something, and you've got to do that stuff where you, like, say what wine it is, how much it costs, where it's from. Like, yeah, yeah I was like, I, why am I doing this? This is mental. <laughs> like, um, but the first one is you have to go by, you, you do that thing where, you know, you swirl it round in the glass and that's to do two things. It's to aerate the wine because mm-hmm. when you get air to the wine, it affects the taste. Yeah. And it's also, you see something called legs on the glass. And that, and this was my favorite thing to learn because the thing it's meant to reflect is the amount of uh, sugars in the wine, and that can reflect the level of alcohol. So the more sugars, the higher alcohol, because it's the sugar that will turn into alcohol, etc. Right. But what it can also reflect is if you've not washed your glass properly. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. So you had, whenever you answered this, like because you had to do like essay answers in like your exam, and you had to and you had to say this wonderful thing like the residual sugars on the glass can reflect this as the Chilean wine. Also, the class may be dirty. Like, you just had to sort of put that in brackets at the end just to, like, cover yourself for an extra point. And yeah. you're like, sure, okay. Uh, but you swirl your gas around, you see that. And, not, and then the next thing to look at is the colour of it. So the colour can tell you something about, like, the grape variety. You can see, like, around the rim. You know, people talk about, like, the rim, which is always hilarious because they like, yeah. oh, the rim here is... But I'm like, lol, you said rim. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I actually, once I got with that company, I got a trip to go to Burgundy. And you got I got to hang around with basically the bloke who ran the vineyard who was an insane wonderfully delightful insane frenchman and then all of these like proper gammon old boys who were like masters of wine which is like you know the top you could be yeah but with wine as you know i'll tell you maybe like you meant to like swish it around and spit it out yeah 
I didn't obviously I got battered as did this French bloke and we had a great time but they were all but when they get to such a level it's like have you ever seen like a cartoon where they use tobacco and a spittoon and they're just like talking they're like it was like that I'm like whoa (laughs) and part of you is like you're a horrendous man and human being but at the same time I'm like the muscles on those lips there must stand you in good stead for summer like, yeah, you know. <laughs> fair play to you. Yeah, fair days, lad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, so you split it around and then you look at like the rim of the glass and you have to look at the colour and that can tell you what you, if, uh, it's, if it's fizzy as well, if it's like um, champagne or sparkling wine, the yeah. amount of fizz can tell you something about that. So you need to look at that. Okay. Um, then you need to give it like a good whiff, like proper deep inhale so you can try and get stuff. And then cheek a little trick for you. Uh, whenever you smell anything, the first time you smell it is when it's the most pungent. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it neutralizes a bit, so you can't smell it as effectively. So to sort of reset your nasal smelling facilities, yeah. <laughs> uh, the best thing to do is like sniff the back of your wrist. Yeah. Because it's a neutral smell, and then it'll go back. So then you can smell it, the wine for the first time again. So you can keep like trying to get the same aroma more than okay. once. That's interesting. Yeah yeah um and then yeah you gotta you gotta taste it and you gotta swish it around um and then you either spit it out or down it <laughs> yeah that used to be part of my job as well though at the wine companies I used to have to empty spittoons at the end of the day because there was a tasting counter and oh the state of the people you would get coming in there like honestly they are just they, for them it was a night out it was always you know some couple in like their 40s or 50s and because there was usually like five wines to taste but you always had to drive to these stores yeah right and they were both hammering it back yeah and they'd go they good and they were nice wines because the idea was you're trying to sell more expensive wine right mm. and uh they'd be knocking it back but then go and buy like some 3.99 bottle of wine and you're like well, what was the point of that then, George? Like, what's going on here? But, like, occasionally they would spit in spittoon and it was my job to clean out the spittoons as well, oh. which was rancid. So you'd have, like, bits of crisps and stuff floating as you, like, put it down the sink. Oh, um, although I remember the worst guy, he was so rude and he was always rude. Because as well, I don't know if you've ever had it where you've worked at, like, places where you think, oh, there's loads of rich people here, they'll spend loads of money mm. and they're tight as anything. Which and the pla- rich, right? Exactly. They do spend out. And then the places where they come in looking rough as ass, they just blow a load of money. Like yeah. I had a bloke come in, and yeah, he's just he was just the rudest man, constantly rude. And um he was like, I, I'd like to, I'm having the Chilean ambassador over for dinner. I'd like to buy some Chilean wine. I was like, that is bold, mate. Like you're having the Chilean ambassador over and you're gonna buy Chilean wine. Like, all right. So I start showing, because I was like, well, he's obviously going to spend something. Surely, yeah, yeah. like, you can't. And he starts showing him all these bottles, and he's like, a bit lower, you know, I, you know, it's just one dinner and blah, blah, blah. Because uh, it was Boris, so he was there, you know, just yeah. fucking <laughs> And it gets to the stage where he just keeps going lower and lower, and I'm like, I can't, I can't offer him any good, decent wine. Now, what, I'm going to have to ask him, what exactly is it you're after? He's like, well, you know, this dinner, we're having this to eat, and I was uh, thinking sort of in the three, four pound range. I was like, <laughs> mate, the vinegar in Tesco's is just over the road, lad. Like, you don't need, for the Chilean ambassador, imagine you're coming over. Four quid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my like God. what on earth and it was bad it was bad wine as well like I'm not you can get some good wines for like it's like little and old you're banging for it I don't doubt it but yeah. I'm saying the Chilean ambassador <laughs> maybe go out at least a tenner like do you know what yeah I mean? like double your oh, budget it was such a dick I couldn't stand it he was also the one he brought in one time um there's a champagne called Krug right very expensive champagne mm. and he brought in an empty bottle and right. said this was off I would like a full refund <laughs> and to compensate me another bottle yeah and I did what you did which is laugh <laughs> like <laughs> who's this jerker so I I was just like I'm sorry sir but there's nothing in here we can't tell if it's oxidized we can't tell if it's off like we, we were not fully sure and you know because it's like crook you know over 100 pounds a bottle yeah like expensive stuff and it kind of got escalated because he was like, I want to speak to your manager. So then he had to go to the assistant manager. Wasn't happy with them because they also were like, you can jog on. <laughs> then went to the manager and then it, he had such a shit fit about it. It got escalated to head office and he ended up getting refunded for it and being compensated for his time, which is bad enough. And then we found out later on the reason for this was because two people in head office looked at his account and Googled his house and saw how big his house was and went oh he's rich basically let's appease him for this and we were like are you taking the piss here <laughs> yeah I, I hate that so much with when you're not backed up you like when a company is like here's a shitty policy or I mean yeah. in that case not a shitty policy <laughs> absolutely fair but then you're like okay well I guess I'll enforce it because that's what I'm paid for and then you enforce it and then they're like yeah. oh no no it's fine you know, why am I here exactly why don't I just give everybody free <laughs> champagne yeah which <laughs> I'll tell you what I'll happily do yeah, <laughs> I'll have it I'll take everything home and not come back <laughs> oh it, we did you know we used to do that actually that was like another one of the few benefits <laughs> um sometimes you had to do why uh, wedding fairs yeah. which were also horrendous because you just had bridezillas roaming around the place like some sort of tarted up Jurassic Park. Right? Brides, the most reasonable people of them all. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, we had one once who complained because the champagne she wanted, the colour of the label wasn't right with her theme for a wedding. And we're like, I'm sorry, I can't contact Tattinger and make them change that love. I'm so sorry that your wedding in north leicester is ruined by this god like you think as well you don't get married if that's what's going to ruin your day <laughs> yeah exactly what are you doing <laughs> what is happening here exactly but you used to write off however many bottles that would be because you'd give out free samples and then mm. but what you try and do is as small a dress as possible because anything that was left you we would just split and take home yeah so yeah we weren't daft like. <laughs> We were devious. I also set up a lot of accounts before I left with staff discount, and I don't think they've tracked all of them down yet, as I found out <laughs> last time I went. So that's good for me too. Amazing. Cheeky <laughs> little bonus for Lulu. Thank you very much. Yeah, you got to take what you can. Exactly. That's Not the motto a fool. <laughs> <laughs> Do you always take stationery? Like I've from a job. A lot of, of stationery that I haven't heard for. Because I do. I think it was only recently I had to buy post-it notes yeah. and I realised I'd never bought them before. Oh, what a beautiful uh, moment. 
<laughs> that and envelopes and a jiff, jiffy bags. I had to buy, I had a real stationary upheaval recently and realised I didn't have anything. And also, because I've been, I've been working from home for ages, oh, yeah. I haven't been able to raid um, a stationary cupboard. I've also not had access to a laminator. No. They're only quite cheap. You can get one for a tenner from Wilkinson. But who wants a laminate? Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. purse that she would use more frequently. I don't, I don't, even though I'd love a laminator, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'd laminate. No. Like I got a label maker and I loved it. And I did go around labeling everything. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, I don't need to label door. Like I can, it's my flat. I don't need that. <laughs> I'm aware. Uh, I'm aware. I've got this. Yeah. Um, so I do I do miss because if it was a free laminator then yeah that's fine but when you have to pay for it Mm -hmm. it's it's not as fun we once tried to put glitter through a laminator and let me tell you it breaks (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) do not do that (laughs) um would you just um, imagine it just clogs up yeah I mean we've put it it with a ball things we put it in a laminator but because it it melts the plastic sheet, doesn't it? That's what oh, and then glitters plastic as well, yeah, so it's just... a little heater. That's <laughs> all it is. It's a heater with little rollers. <laughs> Maybe some people could use that this year for heating instead of having to pay for it. Like, if we all just get everyone a laminator and some glitter, and then you yeah. can all just sit around that telling a tale, Yeah. Uh, trying to cook your dinner on it. Yeah, because I think if you leave it plugged in for long enough, it'll set a light. So... <laughs> there you are, you see? Yeah. Here we are creating solutions for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh god, it is so bleak. Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was that one. The the yacht one. Yeah. How this one does um I mean, I think anybody's worked on a yacht. This <laughs> one will be like it wasn't I, I'm not it's not like below deck. It wasn't a super yacht. I wasn't like one of them people but it was I will set this up and it's going to sound like a film okay amazing like so oh my this God, might be the... you sat in a boxing ring <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the bit Alan Rickman would play not the rock so we're, I'm in, but I'm in um I'm in the Whit Sundays in Australia which is yeah. like this little group of islands towards the, the top and I've been traveling down but I'd run out of money and I was sat in a bar and I only had like two nights of accommodation and I needed to get to Sydney and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And I was having like, and whilst I was thinking I have no money, I was spending what I did have at the bar because that was okay. a great solution. Mm-hmm. Um, and I literally overheard this bloke saying, oh, I just need, like, I can skip it, but I just need someone to come and help out. Like, that's all I need. And mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm going to find, like, the person just dropped out. And me being the incredible, wonderful, chatty northerner that I am, I was like, <laughs> excuse me, I couldn't help but over here. <laughs> Um, and he was, he said, yeah, more than welcome, because he ran me through, it was a really, um, it was, a, it was just about a 40 foot yacht, like it wasn't a big thing, and it was like just sailing, um, and the idea was, it had been rented out to, or chartered rather, if you want to use a technical term, mm-hmm. to this group, who, the idea is usually you get it, go out, and then they sleep on the boat, and you just sleep, and you put the anchor down, you sleep there, and then you do that for five days, and then you come back, and they fuck off. Yeah, but he was like, just to let you know, it's going to be a little bit unusual. I was like, why? Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) He's like, well, for some reason, they've ordered this huge yacht that has like five cabins and could berth ten people. I was like, yeah, okay, cool, understand that. 
but they don't want to sleep on it. They want to charter the yacht for five days. And at the end of the each day, we'll, we'll bring them in to one of the islands so that they can stay in a hotel. What? Yeah, exactly. Because they, the Whitsunders is yeah, this group of like islands and basically every single night, instead of staying on the boat and then waking mm-hmm. up and being wherever on the boat, they literally just wanted to go around these islands, which you could do by day by a catamaran on your own anyway. Right. But they wanted to have this big fancy yacht that they were on, be out for however long, and then be brought back so that they could then go and spend time in a hotel. Amazing. And I was like, Logical. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I was like, so hang on, but does that mean that there'll be quite a large portion of the evening where we don't have to spend time with them? He's like, oh yeah. I was like, I'm kind of into it then, to be honest. If yeah. it means they're not around me, that sounds great. Um, but they, they rocked up and it was like this uh, very flamboyant, Russian man with his entourage is the best way I can describe it like I don't know if he just won the lottery or something but everyone was there because they wanted him to pay for everything he was there because he wanted to pay for things like I I thought have you ever seen the film Brewster's Millions so he gets given he gets the chance to get a large sum of money but to get that he has to spend a large sum of money first but he can only spend it on certain things Mm -hmm. so the film's about him going and it's like a comedy and he goes and does that and I was like, maybe that's what this guy's had. Maybe <laughs> to get like the bigger, he has to go to bed because he had, um, he had, uh, I've never seen this before, but he had a blazer, but with his initials on the lapel. Wow. Um, which I thought was like, usually it's the sleeve if it's anywhere and it's yeah. on the shirt, but this was his blazer and it was on the lapel and it was a lot. And they were having all these pictures taken and they were having all this, that and the other. And I'm like, okay, cool. And the idea was to just go out and just like, kind of head towards like the barrier reef area because it's really nice to swim in and do all that now having spoken to other people who work on yachts apparently this isn't an uncommon thing that happens which is the saddest part <laughs> of this whole situation but after they've taken all these pictures and we've got him to sort of manage to take his jacket off in the 40 degree weather even though he's embroidered and handled well, hmm. we must have been out for only an hour and a half two hours max and he starts banging on. He's like, who do I pay to make the boat stop moving? And we were like, you want to anchor here? Like that's, we've literally only just left. Oh, that's weird. But I mean, we, we, we can get a bit further if we can. He's like, no, 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 not the anchor, the boat. Why, how do I get the boat to stop moving? He's like, what, do you want to go to the island? Like what? And after some deliberation, we found out that what he was upset by was the fact that the boat was moving because of the water. Oh my God, no. He was upset please. that the boat was rocking. <laughs> and he was like who do I give money to to fix this I was like I don't know mate like Poseidon like I don't know like Aquaman could help you like I've got no idea fella like I'm 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 out here and he that's what he was upset about he was upset that um it was too much movement of of the boat and it was making him sick and we hadn't catered for that we hadn't fixed the boat so they wouldn't do that there was there are ways he knew there were ways that you could prevent that and yeah. we'd ruined the whole event. He wanted an entire refund. And it was like, God, I don't know. It was like, I don't even know how many thousands of dollars. But like, he had a huge shit. So then we had to come back in. So I did that, but I did it for two days. Wow. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it sounds like you've been a real asshole there, Louise. But uh. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I think it was good that we'd only did it for two days. Because two hours even, not two days. But like, um, <laughs> well, I did the work two days because I had to do the prep. And I, so I got paid for those two days I could move. But like, the thing itself was two hours. 
Um, and if it had been any longer, I would have been on a documentary. Like <laughs> women who kill. Women who kill. Um, <laughs> things found in the reef. Uh, like it would have. Because I, I reckon um, I could have just, I think the shark's there. Mm-hmm. So I could have just popped it in and no one would have noticed. Yeah, you'd have got away with it. I think so. Except like, you know, it would have been like the bit with his initials on the lapel would be stuck Mm. in the shark's tooth. And then when the shark got tagged, would be like, what's this? I'd be like, no! It would have been a cold kiss for 14 years. (laughs) I know. I'd be happily living. I'd be Miriam Margulies by this point. And I'd just be like, (laughs) living my dream life. And they'd come and find me. I'd be like, oh. <laughs> what was his yeah. name? I can't remember his name. The Russian guy. I haven't heard that name in years. Like just <laughs> sat there with a cigarette, and slowly turning around. Um, go play outside. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy's gonna talk. <laughs> <laughs> and now I have a dressing gown with my initials on the lapel. I like how yeah. the times have changed. <laughs> um, but it was it was horrible. Like I mm. I have so much respect for anyone who does any sort of work where it has to deal with really rich posh people yeah like I retail is bad enough Mm -hmm. um any work where you have to deal with people is horrendous yeah (laughs) I mean obviously the dream job I think any of us would like would be in a lighthouse just alone occasionally radioing somebody a pelican as a best friend like that's that's the dream the, the dream right but especially rich posh people I I can't with that no. I never have I I, I I I dread to think well I because in my day job now it's the thing it's because I'm quite northern and chatty which is weird considering how much I hate people <laughs> I feel yeah. you can you can relate to this people often presume I'm really good at talking to clients so they're like oh we'll make you client facing mm-hmm. and I always have to go look I get where you've come from but you also have to understand I'm very blunt. Mm-hmm. And they always go at the start, oh, we, we love that. We, lo- we need people to be blunt <laughs> to our clients. And then I am. And they're like, yeah, we don't need that. Literally, the past three jobs I've had, I've, they've initially put me on external facing. And then after a project gone, I think you'd be better on internal projects. I'm like, yeah, I know. I tried <laughs> to tell you this. That's what I said. <laughs> you didn't listen. <laughs> so oh, grim. Yeah, uh, it's weird, isn't it, what a, an accent can do, particularly outside of the North. People treat, <laughs> you, treat you very differently down here in, in the South, South as we do. <laughs> <laughs> Simple folk. Well, because they did, when was that study where they showed, because you know, like, there's some call centres now where they only, like, base in the North and have Northern people because it's meant to be, like, one of the friendliest accents. Mm-hmm. But even if it's a manager, the manager can't have that accent because they apparently we still don't sound like we have authority. I'm like, you've clearly never been on a whole council estate because let me tell you, them women <laughs> on there have authority. Like, you oh ain't God. challenging them <laughs> for shit. I would put a council estate mum head of that company immediately. She will sort <laughs> you all out. Like... Yes. <laughs> like I know as well when people oh it's such a friendly accent and you're like you go to where I grew up <laughs> yeah it is not a friendly accent <laughs> uh do you because you've done like lots of clienty facing things aren't you do you ever get it where people pretend they can't understand what you're saying yeah all the time 
when they quite clearly can and they treat like they're speaking to Lassie and it's like I'm not speaking Swahili like I've said a vowel slightly differently you can work that out love yeah like it's not hard (laughs) it is frustrating because uh, they're trying to make you appear stupid when in fact they are being (laughs) stupid but they never I've never seen anyone do it to a super posh person no Nobody goes up to like someone super much going, oh, you think that, do you? Like nobody <laughs> does that, do they? Because it's just, for some reason, people think that if they put on that accent, first of all, they get it right and they never do. No. And secondly, it means they'll have a personality. And it's like, look, I have a personality not because I have an accent. <laughs> yeah. And you putting on that accent isn't going to make you have one. So I wouldn't bother if I was you. Yeah. There was, um, there was a beautiful moment when I went back home for a gig and my mum and my auntie uh, sort of drove me there because I, I don't have a car and they like comedy. It's a nice night out for them. And nice little day trip. Yeah. yeah, it was lovely. They do it, you know, every now and again when I'm back. Uh, we all <laughs> went to this gig. It was lovely. We had a great time. Uh, at, but the headliner was quite a, a well-spoken Southern man. Uh, I won't say his name. And uh, my <laughs> aunt and uh, mum were like, we just couldn't understand him. He was too Southern. <laughs> that is fantastic i've never loved a mower that is uh, i mean i've never met them but i'm in i'll I'll send them a card at christmas i love that it's incredible um also do people do that thing where they copy you and they pretend i'm so sorry i couldn't help it yeah you could yeah you could it's well easy like and what because they'll there'll be certain words that you'll say and it's because of the vowels what like being from Hull, anything with the letter O in it, yeah, it'd be like oh no. And look, it can be beautiful. It can be lovely. Like it, I don't doubt. That. And with mates, I don't like my mates taking the piss. But oh. I've I've had it where I'm in a room and I'm the most in an official capacity and I'm the most senior person in that room. And people and I'm in the middle of saying figures and I don't know. I'll say something like oh, and here it's zero. And somebody who's way down the peck order goes, oh my god, you just said zero. And I'm like, oh my god, Craig, you're fired. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just. <laughs> You can't say that we're in a professional capacity. I get comedians yeah. do it a lot though. Yeah. And it really pisses me off. Mostly because they'll either copy you initially, but then what they also do is they'll do, I can do a Northern accent. And then I don't know where they think they are, but it'll start <laughs> in like Sean Bean, Yorkshire territory. They'll then move to Lancashire. They'll say something in a Scouse accent, usually probably quite offensive, and then just yeah. end it with why I pet, just yeah. because they're like saying that. I'm like, I'm sorry, what part of the North were you doing? <laughs> where are you from? What a, what a nomad you are. Yeah, all of them in one sequence. Amazing. <laughs> I had uh, there was a comedian who I used to be friends with, and I'm now very pleased to say have jogged the fuck on. Um <laughs> and he did we were there was me, him, and another comedian. We were having a conversation, and I, I said something like no or something that emphasized the vowel sound. And in the middle of the me saying a sentence, he just then started going, no, no. No, like he had some sort of weird whole Tourette's or something. <laughs> and like, he just wouldn't stop it. And I had to like give him a glare like, I was like, are you done? And he was like, yeah. And then he just went and did a load of sentences. Again, doing that thing I just said of basically a Manchester accent. I was like, that is not where I'm from. Is that went to be me? Like, and he yeah. just thought it was just a laugh. I'm like, we don't know each other that well. And you're lucky I'm not twatting you in the face <laughs> because I am from... A place where we use bottle as a verb so yeah <laughs> step to one sideline <laughs> but like I get that it's 
well, I, I suppose I understand why it's, oh, it's funny to do an accent or whatever. Okay, I understand that. But the problem is that it is um, a, a problem um, in that, I mean, do you ever feel like you've sort of had, it, it's got in the way of work or things, you know, yeah. people assume that you're stupid or, you know, whatever, that you're incompetent because you have this accent or you're poor or... Um, it's mostly that one. So it'd be something like uh, they they presume you're class, basically. Mm-hmm. And like, I am from a working class background, <laughs> but like, you don't know that from my accent. Like, you got lucky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got, it was a good stab in the dark. But like, but that's what pisses me off because when they when they do this, it's it it's there's some sort of like class insinuation around it, mm. and that's what grates on me the most. Because when it's my mates, I know they're just taking the piss out of me, just like I would take the piss out of them. That's neutral. But for that, because like, I don't know if you have, you must have it with a Manchester accent as well, I guess. But like for me, they'll always say something like, "Oh." insinuate that you're racist or homophobic or um mm. that you are stupid down pit or something like that and it's like no like I've actually done very well for myself thank you very much and do you know what's interesting is we are both in the same position right now even though you went to your fancy private school so really <laughs> let's have yeah. a look at that shall we I think you need to hand in a hand in a bit of a receipt there to get a refund because we've ended up in the same position yeah it's um it's weird I think that's what why I find it so offensive is because it is actually uh, actively prohibiting people from getting places that yeah. whole uh, mockery because it yeah. just um, makes people uh, think of you in a different way if you say it enough right have you ever had an audience member do it uh, I don't know that I have whilst I've been on stage I've had people mock me to my face some people did it and they had the pleasance to do it with discretion um, yeah. and that is uh, all I can ask for <laughs> have you yeah I had to I used to have a bit where I used to talk about um toasters because mm-hmm. I'm a very highbrow comedian <laughs> Uh, and obviously saying toasters like that like you get uh, but I just I said it and then this woman in the crowd just really loudly just went toasters I mean she was battered and later on I saw her fall into a puddle of her own sick so you know she had her own <laughs> problems going on like keep it classy to keep it classy it was a real it, do you know what if you'd have set classical music to it it would have been like a, a beautiful piece for sort of the Cannes Film Festival because she did vomit late sort of throw her head back and then slowly slide off the bench and sat in it and then there was a moment of realization of what she'd done and my favorite bit though was the friend that had been trying to sit her upright and then looked and went no and then just walked off and for me that's the bit where it would have dimmed to black and white you know what I mean yeah I am out I am out Finn and then that would be the end of the film (laughs) I love it um but you know is it because like I always do you have like um a work voice or a phone voice yeah because of it and it, yeah. and do you, are you doing it like automatically now without even thinking uh no I still think I have to think about it yeah I pronounce more letters and things but I also yeah. it's also like my stage voice for when I'm in the south I feel like I can talk normally in the north in the south yeah. I have to think about it more and then just also generally knocking about 
like I feel like now I can talk no well not because we're recording but like it normally when it's just me and you talking I can talk normally and it's a relief but otherwise like I've tried to write a bit about this because people at work I remember them being like you can't like why are you getting rid of your accent it's beautiful you have to just keep it and I'm like eh I crookled what you're out now and they're like no (laughs) we're out (laughs) pretend to be someone else please (laughs) (laughs) um I would do nothing but respond to that immediately that that's how in fact I'd only want to be greeted in that fashion (laughs) from now on um but yeah mine's like uh mine happens now without me thinking and I've noticed that it's whenever I especially being in London if I meet someone who doesn't have any sort of regional accent it automatically starts because I'm just so apprehensive that they're gonna impersonate me you know which riles me up and I'm like I really don't want to threaten to twat this person in the face <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. um, or, or you know they're gonna just make it uncomfortable Mm. so I do what you do I like just pronounce the letters a bit more and, and I do it at work as well and yeah. it's it's just because but then what happens is I've had comedians come up to me and be like oh you mean the, the accent you put on on stage I'm like no that's my real one <laughs> that's me that, that's me that you see that accent there that's like sounds like a whole person who lived in Hull for the first 18 years of their life funnily enough that's my real accent yeah um, this one I'm talking to you with because for the past three conversations we've had, you felt a need to make a comment that I didn't want you to make. Yeah. This is for you. <laughs> and it's like they don't understand that there's entire sections of the country that don't say Bath. There's yeah. the, the whole people. And what they do, they just exist talking like this. <laughs> just Can you all believe day, it? Every day. All of them. <laughs> if it probably think to access that you have to go through like a black and white picture from the 50s and that's where we all live in like this time portal like some sort of like I don't know working class Doctor Who TARDIS like we all just step into this picture oh the Mary Poppins we could step into it yeah. and then we all just like hey up love I that's cracking, cracking. Hey, crack on. I, I, I got some new shoes today the other ones have fallen off they rocked off my feet <laughs> <laughs> I was having this conversation with Richard Todd in the previous episode about how why is everything in the north gritty? It doesn't have to be gritty. <laughs> Some of us have a nice time. Some of us have grass. <laughs> yeah. We're not all just living in poverty <laughs> and sad until we die. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I know most of my family probably fit that category to be honest so again I don't think that works for me very well but like no, but I'm I've sure heard. others have had a lo- yeah I've heard I've heard the green grass on the other side grows like I've heard this thing I um, heard a woman in Grimsby smiled once right no <laughs> bloody not right <laughs> anyway I feel like we should end on a high yeah what has your best job been uh, so I also had two answers for this because this is the thing I love to be prepared for any situation yeah. I am I am a it's why I'm quite good at my day job even though I hate it yeah um so but the real answer is really boring yeah it's really answer. boring and really dull and then uh the other answer is I worked in a bar and right. that was mostly us signing off drinks and getting drunk all the time and an array of stories um but the the real answer is, is I used to work for a big evil pharmaceutical company 
and I don't defend what they do <laughs> no <laughs> but I have to say like they are one of the best they treat their staff so well mm. um and anything you wanted anything to be accommodating they would help you out with um and even stuff like uh like living situations that help you with moving costs and stuff like that and because I in whilst I've been in corporate world I've worked at both ends of the spectrum I've worked in these ones these really corporate ones where they look evil and you've got to be suited and booted and all this that and the other mm-hmm. and I've worked at the other end where it's like hey we're all friends here don't have a desk have a beanbag get a smoothie from the bar and let me tell you those ones are shit yeah. it's all lies Catherine I don't know if you've worked in them but they're absolute bollocks they don't want to be your friend beanbags are bad for your back I don't want a smoothie every day it's too much sugar like it's bad it's bad yeah. for you um but the really really corporate ones they think they're like we're here to make money you help us make money we will be nice to you because of it and the benefits they would give would be stuff like um I was given a financial advisor not because I well I don't have any money but like <laughs> it was stuff to teach you like oh if you're looking at getting a pension this might be a really good thing for you to do or if you did want to save money this particular cash ISA might be the one for you or you know any anything you were looking at doing and they would help you they were like help or if you did have problems with debts and stuff they would help you figure it out and you got that for free that is so useful Mm. um and it was stuff like you would have uh if you did cycle into work or anything they'd give you free towels uh, and you could have and the shower not just the towel (laughs) (laughs) just sit on this for the day (laughs) 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 yeah bloody hell just put some bifurbreeze on you you're all right but um you know they would do all this and it was it was really detailed to what would people probably actually need whereas all these media companies were just well it wasn't just there were other companies that do it I remember once I got it was actually so you know when COVID first kicked off there was a small group of people who were in between jobs and they couldn't start their new one or go Mm -hmm. back to their old one I was one of those people right and both of the companies I I were dealing with were full of utter spunk trumpets who (laughs) did not believe in helping anybody so I'd left a huge it was a huge media organization who to this day I cannot tell you what they do <laughs> at all it's the, the a colleague of mine explained it the best which is there's an episode of the IT crowd where they convince one of the main characters that the black box is the internet ah yes and he was like that's what we do but for clients we convince them that we do something in media and they need us for it. Yeah. And we sell that. And I still don't, I implemented stuff and I don't know what I did. Like I don't, there's stuff there that's still used today that I crafted. And I'm like, don't know why it's there. Good luck to you. Right? Wow. The job I was going to was another IT job. And I just desperately wanted to leave the other one to defend myself as to when I'm explaining to you, why did you want to go to this other role? Right? Yeah. And I'm going to name them because they were dickheads. They were called and digital, right? Right. And their quirky thing was, stay to this. Their quirky thing was, in your email sign-off, you had to put your business title and like a quirky thing about yourself. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I dealt with two people. One was called Holly and she was recruiter and travel enthusiast. uh, oh it gets worse Catherine wait for this one because the woman I dealt with after her was called Andrea and she was HR representative and cat enthusiast oh god no that's what she was so my friend suggested she's like when you start could you be business analyst and we'll hit you in the face with a brick and they would not (laughs) allow that (laughs) 
unfortunately. <laughs> Business analyst, and I kill homeless people. <laughs> Just sign it off. Thank you, Holly. Okay, yeah. Go back to your cats. Thanks so much. <laughs> Um, but they were horrendous because what they kept doing was even though that entire job was set up already before COVID to work mm-hmm. remotely, they were like, we can't bring you on because of COVID. What? And I was like, OK, so they but they made me sign a contract, which meant I couldn't claim any benefits. So I had to go unpaid for the first because they were like, what we can do, because this was all kicking off. And what was it? March, April. Yeah. Like, we'll have to bring you on in June. I was like, OK, that's a stretch, but I think I can manage it. Mm-hmm. And then. Um, it got to June, like, oh, no, we're going to have to push you back till November. But you also have to sign this contract. So, again, I couldn't claim I wasn't working. It's like, well, you are working because you're getting this benefit. And then it got to a stage where like, I don't think I can work here anymore. They're like, oh, no, but if you do join in November, we'll give you a £2,000 joining bonus. I was like, cool, what about the seven months of salary that I should have received <laughs> that you yeah. haven't given me? So I sent this really arty response. And I tell you what, I am a craftsman at an email. Of, <laughs> oh, I'm so good at it. I've perfected it over years and years of passive aggressive behavior from everybody and I pulled it together and I'm a master. And it was a beautiful written, it was essentially our modern day war and peace is what it was. I don't, <laughs> I don't feel I oversell that. Uh, and I got no response, which pissed me off because uh, I had another one waiting as a draft to respond to. And that's, that's why I hate them the most. Um, that's but this awful. is meant to be the, this is meant to be the good job section yeah, and I've yeah. already... <laughs> slipped into another person I hear um but the I I did have a job at a bar yeah tell us about getting pissed at the bar that that is pretty much what it was but what I loved about it was the absolute liability of human beings when drunk it's the only time I feel I can deal with the public because when we were at the bar I we were there's a group of us that started when it had just been made or built Mm. or created or whatever word is and the idea was during the week, it was going to be a shithole for students. But then at the weekend, turned into this real classy establishment. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know who did your business plan, but I don't think that that's going to happen. <laughs> so we were initially brought on to be like the weekday bar staff for students nights. Yeah. And you would serve vodka, genuine product. Yeah. Not vodka, vodka. And it was meant to be a cocktail bar. Okay. But we were only ever taught how to make five cocktails, all of which use the same ingredients and okay. just have a different juice. Um, so it was, uh, it was uh, woo-woo, sex on the beach, sex on the driveway, fuzzy navel, and something else. I can't remember the last one. But they're all pretty much the same, and you would just put cheap shit in it and juice and send people on their way. Yeah. Um, and the student nights were obviously manic and horrendous, but it was the yokel local nights on the weekend. <laughs> where it was meant to be really classy by this point yeah. and I remember on my first night someone because I oh you need to come and work a weekend I was like okay sure and someone asked me to make a Long Island iced tea and that wasn't one of the five cocktails I had been taught to make mm-hmm. and I don't know if you, have you done have you worked in a bar uh, I have but not cocktail um <laughs> <laughs> it was just a hose pipe with some beer spearing <laughs> out of a keg yeah that was, <laughs> that was it we, the closest thing to a cocktail we had was probably rum and coke. Nice. Uh, I, I drink in that bar all the time. It's more like establishment. Yeah. <laughs> but like you have that, you know, you have like the jigger, which is the stuff you measure yeah. the spirits in, but one end's bigger than t'other. Mm-hmm. So one end's like a proper shot and then the other one's like kind of half a shot, if you like. Yeah. And there's a lot of shots in a Long Island iced tea. Mm-hmm. And yeah, nobody like told, everything. yeah, and nobody told me you had to use the smaller end of the chicken <laughs> so I'll tell you what a lot of people wanted to be served by me that night 
and it, did. <laughs> and it was honestly carnage like people were not well because I was like I'm sure you should because he was honestly just the splashest of kirk you could imagine at the top yeah. and I was like I'm sure you should put more in then Nick um, no, no, it's fine. <laughs> no, everything's fine. <laughs> so I had to do that. Um, I remember there was once there was because sometimes because we closed at three, mm. and sometimes we'd be like, right, what we'll do is we'll do like a lock-in and after-work drinks because there was another place afterwards that closed at seven a.m. So we could go to there afterwards. Yeah. And there was a bloke once, and I got on with him. People were he was a bit marmite. Some people didn't get on <laughs> with him, but um, we were going on this night, and he he would keep. Uh, you would sign stuff off as spillages during the night to, so you could have drink. We all know the trick, right? Yeah. But for him, he'd get the really nice stuff. Because remember, they were trying to be a posh cop, so there was some mm. really expensive spirits at the back, and he'd write off, but like half a bottle. And he was battered, like absolute, like could barely hold a cocktail shake, could do anything. Yeah. Um, and he was fired on the spot that evening, right? Yeah, fair enough. But he was so drunk. He forgot he'd been fired and came in the next day <laughs> and was, I just came in. I was like, Joe, what are you doing? He was like, just stuck in the shelves. I'm like, hey, you've been fired. He was like, good one, Lou. I was like, mate, no, <laughs> you need to leave. You were hammered. And uh, yeah, he had to be re-fired, oh, um, which was breaking and hilarious. I mean, it was so funny. <laughs> um, and my other thing, it's not, it, it's rank, but I just, it was so... I couldn't believe it had happened. <laughs> so um, there was one evening where um, sometimes if you wanted, you, you'd ask to put on clerk check because you were either feeling like ass or because you don't do anything, right? Yeah. But I wanted to like, being the absolute lad that I am, do some revision. So I switched with someone. But the clerk room's right next to where the men's toilets were. Another, another reason to be there. Thank hey. you. Look at all of that drunken gems coming through. <laughs> Um, but it got to like it's quite about 1 a.m. 2 a.m. or something like that mm. and the bloke's toilets were just the floor was like overflowing essentially with piss yeah like a bit of toilet water but a bit, and I'm talking like oh look there's something floating away level yeah and there was this other member of staff who'd come down and she was like come look at this and she there was so I was like that is rank and the smell was apparent but there was also just some incredibly piss-soaked boxes in the middle of the floor and we were like what are we gonna do about that I was like we were trying to work out how to pick them up or what we do and then at this point this bloke fell out of a cubicle had one leg in his trousers yeah at, by his ankles mm -hmm. but and the other one not right full-on wombling free yeah like free to the wind right stumbles in hits his head on the sink we try to catch him he goes oh, i'm all right then picks up these boxes these oh, piss covered God. drenched boxes oh. tries to put them on fails sits in a urinal and puts his head in his hands and starts crying <laughs> <laughs> oh no what a night for that poor man <laughs> and the thing is it's like i've just described it as my best job essentially for no other reason <laughs> than i love other people's pain apparently is the yeah. reason <laughs> And I think that's fair. <laughs> well, I agree because I've done bar work as well. And it is. <laughs> and also, like, there's a certain level of lack of responsibility when talking yeah. to people because they're going to forget. So you can be a bit, if someone's being rude to you, you can be rude back because they won't run yeah. over. Have you ever had to do a St. Paddy's Day? I haven't. No, I've managed to swerve that. <laughs> well, obviously, it's horrendous. But, like, that was when we were always told you do whatever you want. 
yeah. you want to you want to tell someone to fuck off tell yeah tell them to fuck off you want to tell you get tell bouncer immediately Bye-bye. actually at that wine place you we all we had one day a year that was like that as well which was always christmas eve mm. on christmas eve you were always allowed because there'd be nothing left it was like a complete wasteland and yeah. you'd always have someone who'd come in 4 p.m on christmas eve well i, I want to buy my 120 bottles um for christmas why don't you have it and that was the only day a year you were allowed to go fuck off mate <laughs> that was the only day um <laughs> but yeah like oh god St Paddy's was yes I think people get PTSD from working St Paddy's days I can see it um because as a person who has been on the other side I love going out for St Paddy's day and I've also been that horrendous human being I'm always the one that's like can I have the hat at the back of the bar and they're like no you've asked five times the answer is still no <laughs> please. <laughs> please go away <laughs> no I think that that's our time, Lulu. Okay. Uh, but it has been a pleasure. Uh, Thank you. It's lovely to speak to you. Um, where, where can the good people find you? What have you got going on? Um, so I am actually trying to up my online content game at the minute. So I have like some sketches and shiz that's okay. going to be going up on my channel. So uh, there's Instagram and Twitter where my, um, uh, my tag is at underscore l atkinson underscore because i feel that looked aesthetically pleasing um and then on and then on tiktok i gave up and it's just louise atkinson comedy it's not as exciting (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah i'm doing that and then i'm going to be doing loads of um uh, previews of one hour shows in the upcoming months all over the place yeah come see me there i've got at least one joke about a hedgehog and another one about nissan micras so I don't think you're going to get more political than that, to be honest, if no. that's your jam. And I think that's what the people who listen, the listenership of this podcast <laughs> are here for. Nailed it. Yeah. Again. <laughs> um, and I've been saying this every every episode, but uh, me and Ed and McCaffrey have made a podcast called Historical Hot or Not, if you want to give that a listen. Uh, it's not you specifically. Uh, I was like, oh, that's quite a lot of pressure, but, but I will. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> people who listen to this podcast, uh, historical or not, uh, we just talk about historical figures and whether we'd fuck them or not. Uh, I like that. That's amazing. It's very highbrow. Um, <laughs> 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 what can I say? Anyway, thank you for being a guest. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thanks so much. <laughs>